1: Hey everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenues Minor League Podcast. I'm Steve Seipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos, and Ken Levin, and Thomas Henderson. How's everyone doing this week? Doing okay.
0: I'm doing pretty good. fine.
1: That's good. The weather is getting cold again, so that's... Good for me. Yeah. Good for one person. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so promote extend trade for this week and back in 2018 so not too long ago although 2018 does seem like forever ago and it really wasn't but i guess the world has kind of changed since then but uh back in 2018 on this date Bethesda game studios released fallout 76 and at its core good idea i mean fallout great series but terrible terrible execution i mean it's an it's it's an RPG game, and it was an RPG without NPCs, and that's one of the things where you said to yourself, "What the hell are they thinking? Who approved this?" Oh, Bethesda. So, I know, like for real. So, circling back to baseball now, I don't know if you guys know, but the Charleston River Dogs, they've had so many horrible promotions over the last couple of years that they actually had a contest in conjunction <laughs> with a local newspaper that had a bracket of thirty-two of their most poorly thought out promotional ideas. Not just uh, one, not just five. <laughs> 32. <laughs> so, what W2F poorly thought out River Dogs promotions are we gonna promote, extend, or trade? And I picked out a select few here. First up we have <laughs> we have Tanya Harding Bat Giveaway Night. What? <laughs> no. Yes. No, it, they did not. They gave We're out mini-bats mini to fans, and Tanya see, Harding was...
2: was Give us some uh, context.
1: I cannot tell you, I don't have that information in front of you. Uh, I have a, a, a URL, though, if you want to look it up to see that I'm being honest.
2: I'm furiously Googling.
1: <laughs> so, yes, first up, we have Tanya Harding, Bat Giveaway Night, where they gave away mini-bats, and Tanya Harding was indeed the guest of honor. Next we have Bobble Boobs Breast Cancer Awareness Night, where paying attendees got, got Bobble Boobs. And last and certainly not least, certainly not least, is 285,000 used mile, excuse me, used car giveaway, where they celebrated um, their attendance mark. Of two hundred eighty-five thousand people, and they raffled off a nineteen ninety-eight Honda Civic, and it had two hundred eighty-five thousand miles on it. So one lucky person got a uh, a nice ride. This is very bad. <laughs> the very river rough. dogs. The river dogs uh, are bad. Yeah.
0: Tanya Harding bat giveaway is so. It's that's so just ridiculous. so
2: egregiously
0: bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really that's
0: terrible. Like... But I, I do feel better knowing she was in on the joke.
1: You know. I mean, it makes it a little bit better, but still incredibly poor <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like good lord.
0: Um... But it, it's not even. It's like she's she's from Oregon. Like what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like she's a local celebrity.
1: Like, no. was,
0: they had a bunch of mini bats.
1: <laughs>
0: Tanya Harding was available.
1: Pretty much. Because
0: because if it was like, oh, what's that Portland team that used to be the whatever? It doesn't matter. But if it was some like Portland Double A team and they were like Tanya Harding bat, I'm like. Alright, at least she's from there. Like, you could kind of fake it and say that it makes sense. No. This is, like, you're on the other (laughs) side of the country. And you're just like, let's just get Anya Harding to come through.
1: It's like they went on Cameo and saw who has, like, the cheapest prices. And, like, oh, (laughs) she'll do this. So, yeah, those are... I mean, the car, I mean, at least maybe someone got a couple of miles out of the car. And bobble boobs it's like a novelty i guess,
0: mm. I guess. it was it, it, it reminds me of those bracelets and
1: people wore in high school mm. but yeah the bad giveaway seems like that's that's getting either promoted or traded i don't know whatever in context though that's definitely the worst
2: yeah <laughs> the, the the other two are just stupid that one is like actively offensive
0: yeah I found a so, Tanya Harding signed autographed mini bat. <laughs> God, why does this exist?
1: <laughs> well, before we move on, I just want to highlight a couple of other things that were um, on the bracket. We have nobody night, where hmm. they didn't let anybody into the inning uh, uh, into the stadium until the fifth inning so that they could set an attendance record of zero. That's pretty um, funny. <laughs> they have another one with Silent Night, where basically um, they hired librarians to be the ushers, and they shushed everybody, and no one was allowed to make noise for five innings. Um, See,
2: those those are just like oddities. Like, oh, that's that's a little kooky. That's fun because that's yeah. kind of what minor league baseball should be.
1: <laughs> Hiring li- li- librarians is really funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, two that were definitely like, what the fuck did these guys think was going to happen? You had Color Powdered Night and Silly String Night. Oh, God. You know, uh, yeah. Yep. Public safety yep. hazard, yes. Uh, there was Laundry Night where they had a bunch of laundry uh, washing machines and dryers on the concourse. And everyone was allowed to bring the laundry I like that and do one. some free laundry. Yep. That one's funny. Uh,
2: you had funeral How did they gr- run the water lines out there? That seems like a lot of work.
1: Uh, I mean, they have, you know, to, 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 all the lines to do the field so i guess there's a lot of yeah uh, huh all right uh, all yeah. right uh funeral giveaway where one fan won a uh he won a death prepaid he just death. was
2: killed on the spot <laughs> and
1: taken directly to the
2: pre-prepared funeral um steve isn't even gonna correct me yeah
1: no it's just that, that, that's that's good enough
0: they're going to do uh, i i i think you should leave night next year or whatever and it's going to be hilarious
1: um two good ones prostate awareness night and vasectomy night sure everyone in attendance gets a free vasectomy <laughs>
0: non negotiable
1: everyone <laughs> oh oh dear. i mean i i don't know if this actually happened or not but during prostate awareness um during prostate awareness night the general manager was supposed to receive a uh, prostate exam during the seventh inning stretch. So, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I also it's just it's
2: to be to clarify it's prostate awareness night, not prostate cancer awareness. No, night. it's just
0: awareness that you have one. Just awareness. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you know that's in there, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Is there anything wrong with it? I don't know. Just...
2: There're gonna be some sickos out there <laughs> making some real uh, sexualized jokes about this, but okay, great, great. Mm-hmm. Just just wonderful promotions all around. yeah, ten ten so no notes.
1: those are only a couple, and I invite anyone to you know look up the uh, Charleston River dogs past promotional nights because they're you know it was some good ones.
2: And also some very bad ones.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they're all bad, so... But some that were more bad than others, and some of them are so bad that they were good. But it's all on a spectrum of badness. Mm -hmm. Speaking of badness spectrum, let's uh, go over the AFL. (laughs) And on Friday, the uh, Peoria Javelinas, they played the Mesa Desert Dogs in the AFL semifinals. I guess they were the semifinals. And they lost. So... Thankfully, the AFL season is over. Mesa went on to play the uh, Surprise cigarros in the finals. The cigarros won the 2022 Arizona Fall League, and hooray, the AFL is over. And it was just yeah, an extremely, yeah, yeah it was an extremely boring AFL this year. I mean, basically, the the highest profile player that the Mets sent was Stanley Consuegro and he's far from a slam dunk prospect there weren't any guys coming back from injury like we were kind of hoping that you know matthew allen would be over the summer there weren't like even cusper guys where like the team wanted to see how they'd perform and then maybe they'd be 40-man roster candidates or or trade bait or whatever just Mm -hmm. none of that happened and we didn't even get StatCast data because, you know, it's only available in certain stadiums. And Peora didn't play those places much. So it was just six weeks of useless, boring stats. Womp womp. Yeah. So we'll go over those boring, useless stats. <laughs> Stanley Consueger, he played in 11 games total. And he hit 167, 244, 389 with two doubles, two homers, three walks, and 12 strikeouts. Kevin Kendall. I guess Kevin Kendall was, if Consueger was the highest-profile prospect player, um, Kendall was, I guess, the most interesting guy just because he missed the whole season due to injury, basically. And he was kind of like a guy that was maybe on the top 25 last year, so... But he appeared in 20 games and he hit 208, 344, 286 with three doubles, a homer, 13 walks, 22 strikeouts, and four stolen bases in four attempts. Brandon McIlwain appeared in 11 games and he hit 175, 233, 325 with one double, a triple, homer, two walks, 14 strikeouts, and one stolen base in two attempts. And the last hitter was Luke Ritter, and he appeared in 16 games. And he hit 146, 290, 271 with two homers, nine walks, and 20 strikeouts. Pitchers now. Grant Hartwig. He appeared in seven games, and he posted an even 10 ERA in nine innings. Yes. Oh, that's that's one of the best. Um, 10 ERA in nine innings with 15 hits allowed, four walks, eight strikeouts, and he hit two batters. Franklin Sanchez appeared in seven games as well, and he had an 11.05 ERA in 7.1 innings with 11 hits allowed, six walks, five strikeouts, one hit batter, and one wall pitch. Christian Scott, he appeared in four games, all of them were starts, and he had a 1038 ERA in 13 innings with 27 hits allowed, three walks, 10 strikeouts, and one hit batter. Mike Vazel, he appeared in six games, five of them were starts, and he posted a 293 ERA in 15.1 innings with 10 hits allowed, nine walks, 18 strikeouts, three hit batsmen, and one wild pitch. And last guy is Josh Walker, and he appeared in eight games, and he had a 289 ERA in 9.1 innings with eight hits allowed, five walks, 14 strikeouts, one hit batter, and one wild pitch so thankfully the, the the afl book now is closed
2: you guys Good know things? the adage that you hear about like quarterbacks sometimes when people are talking about their quarterback their qbr or something and they're like yeah that's worse than just throwing it into the dirt because your qbr when you just throw it in completions like 33 or something and you could be worse than that if you do worse things I feel like that applies to a lot of these pitchers.
1: They would have been better off just throwing the ball at the dirt every yeah. time. It just was not a particularly compelling group of performances whatsoever. No. At least Mike Vassell Mike Vassel started out kind of poor, but he got things. You know, he, he, could, he did get back on track, so that's good. Josh Walker was solid. I guess, but everyone else is just like ugh.
2: Walker's like one of the few guys who had some intriguing stat-cast-y stuff, like pumped some good velo out of the bullpen. Or not out of the bullpen, but on the mound.
1: That's is what I meant to say. So, but other than that, just ugh. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 a left hander, so they'll 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 always get extra room rope. He'll probably be competing for a bullpen job next year, I would assume, just because the bullpen is going to be so in flux. Yeah. So, he didn't do bad for himself. So, we'll see. All right, so, uh, obviously, the minor league season is over now, and um, MLB.com has been giving out, like, all-stars and MVP awards and all that kind of stuff. And they finally finished. So from top to bottom, we're going to go over which Mets minor leaguers got some hardware. Starting off with AAA, the International League. Uh, Mark Vientos was named all-star third baseman, and he was the Mets' lone player. Just the going third baseman down. in quotes? No, he's the third baseman. He played more third base than any other position. So that is, I guess, his official position. He, he did
2: stand there very often, did. yes. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Um, next going down to double A in the Eastern league, Brett Beatty was named all-star third baseman and Francisco Alvarez was named all-star catcher going down to high A now in the South Atlantic league. Brooklyn technically did not have a single player. They did name Nick Zwack an all-star left-handed pitcher, but you know, he started the season at St. Lucie. only spent two months in Brooklyn. They were very good months. Yes, but two months. And then he got, um, traded to San Francisco at the end of July. So they're only All-Stars, not even on the team, and hasn't been on the team for some time. So, whoops.
2: That's uh, that's, uh, that's a Yikes moment right there.
1: Speaking of another whoops and another Yikes, you know who was named uh, MVP of the South Atlantic League? Oh, no. Our old friend, Andy Rodriguez. Oh, no. Yeah. Top
0: 100 prospect.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sucks, but... I don't know. At least, at least you could see the process there when they traded and they got Joey Lucchese. It's like win some, lose some. Definitely, Look, I, math, I definitely Mets have lost here, but
2: I can't get the the strike rate on on the IFA guys is so low. Yeah, I can't be too angry about that given. It's, it's frustrating, right? You want them to be in a spot where they're developing their own Joey Lucchesi every couple of years, but they aren't, so you got to
0: do this. And they're probably mm-hmm. going to have to do it again. Just with the way the, the bullpen is set up and
1: mm-hmm.
0: the lack of starting depth is set up. I don't know if they're going to sign every—they they could do that, but it might be a little difficult because guys just choose other places. They're not always going to choose here. So you might have to make some trades to do the same thing, and at the deadline too. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be one of those things where, like, like with the Wilmer Font trade, like that didn't burn them because uh, he flamed out. But yep. not every time they're not always going to flame out, and so sometimes you're going to lose.
1: Yep, like like Lucas said, it's more it's just more frustrating because oh I agree. Fox, yep. All right, uh, moving to single A in the Florida State League now. William Lugo was named All Star Third Baseman. Alex Ramirez was named All Star Outfielder. And Omar De Los Santos was not just named All Star Outfielder, but he was also named League MVP. He hit uh, 272, 339, 459 in 111 games, had 16 home runs. He had the league leading 70 stolen bases pretty solid 7.3% walk rate but unfortunately he had a 31.6% strikeout rate as like a 23 year old in single A so yeah he probably can't hit but yeah I had a friend ask me the other day about the likelihood of him succeeding because he had an Omar uh, uh, an Omir Santos jersey that he wants to rock and if Omar De Los Santos came up uh-huh. then he would be able to take that out of the closet but unfortunately. The odds of Omar De Los Santos becoming even a fringy major major leaguer is pretty, you know, pretty low. Yeah, the bat to ball just isn't really there for him. Mm-hmm.
2: Khalil Lee, but in Single A.
1: Yeah, and and I guess faster, though Khalil Lee does have pretty good speed. And now the last level, the Florida Complex League, uh. Jawilmi Ramirez, he was not only named Florida Complex League All Star, but he also won Pitcher of the Year. He made 11 appearances on the team, uh, six of which were starts, and he posted a 0 8 4 ERA in 43 innings. he allowed 27 hits. He walked six and he struck out 40. And we briefly spoke about him a couple of weeks ago since he did, you know, he, he had the post, uh, he had the lowest ERA. In the system, and we'll talk about him <clears throat> in a little bit. Um, since this week we're going to be reviewing the Mets complex teams. So those are league uh, All Stars, MVPs, etc. And they also, in addition to those league awards, they named basically individual, or they started to anyway, name individual, organizational, all star teams, and they did get to the Mets. So this is the MILB.com Mets All-Star team. At first base, you have Mark Vientos, even though he was named third base All-Star. That's pretty funny. Hey, what can you do? Uh, at second base is Wyatt Young, which shows the lack of second basemen in the system, but also second base is not like a second base prospect. you know? That's a nice not a prospect run. place. Like You end yeah. up there. <laughs> yep, yep. It's yeah, a very, like,
2: second-base prospect, like, like Nick Gonzalez, friend. Nick York. There's not a lot of them in the minors. Oddly,
1: and, like, okay. Andy, yeah. Andy, uh, right.
2: Andy's kind of a second-base prospect in a way. He's, like, catcher, second-base outfield. It's very odd and, and fun.
1: Yes. Well, we love our athletic catchers, mm-hmm. although he's not ours anymore. Yes. But yes, the yes. Mets, Mets do have an athletic catcher that we will talk about, so that's good. That's yep. not... Ronnie, uh, excuse me, that's not uh, Francisco Alvarez. Um, so third base now is Brett Beatty. Shortstop is Ronnie Mauricio. Mm. Three, out, three outfielders, Alex Ramirez, Jake Mangum, and Omar De Los Santos. Catcher, Francisco Alvarez. Right-handed pitcher is Dominic Hamill. Left-handed pitcher is Javier Atencio. And relief pitcher is Grant Horwig. So do you think that there's anyone that was more deserving, or that somebody got snubbed or anything? You probably, it, I Jet didn't really play, but like you know, <laughs> Mon- Ronnie <Mauricio. laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Like <laughs> it doesn't feel right, but at the same time, like if you look, there just really is like, Like, yeah, we we literally
0: just talked about it with second base. Like Jet Williams is probably the second baseman of the future, but. You know he's not playing there now because why would you do that? You know, so it's Wyatt Young.
2: <laughs> oh, Unfortunately,
0: Kevin Oh
2: god, no, Kevin Kendall was no, very bad.
1: No. He only played like Fuck. three games.
2: I was trying to come up with a different shortstop than Mauricio. Yeah.
1: There just isn't any though.
0: Like, yeah, no. and those guys just aren't in the system really, and that's a different problem. When us, the like
2: near ultimate. Mets-brained prospect people out there have to scroll through Roster Resource to come up with some names of shortstops in the system. Uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at at this point. Give it to yeah. Junior Tillian.
1: Yeah, you could have done that. That's fair. That is a good point. I think he did play more third base, though, than short.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. But he did play some shortstop, so good enough.
2: Uh, they had the same w r c plus though obviously Tillian is in single a and Mauricio's in double a. Uh, also Mauricio is only a year older I'm just we're just forcing it here. The answer is unfortunately, Mauricio
0: yeah, it definitely is like and that's well, yeah, that's why he's still he still has some prospect cachet around, but mm. it's still everyone kind of knows he's one of those like Top 100 guys, I guess, who you're just kind of like, that's probably not going to work, even though you have to put them there. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, hopefully we'll be having this discussion next year and we'll be like, oh, yeah, obviously, Varn Mauricio. I mean, he's a 300 hitter that slugged 30 bombs and stole 30 bases, you know,
0: somehow walked 50 percent of the time
1: oh
2: can he someone would, you, check, know, like, you his... know what he was doing he was saving up all the ro- walks all along he was just oh, holding he on sent to them all immediately
1: yep. immediately back to being yeah. <laughs> he, <was here. laughs> he spent the he he's he's spending them all in the dominican uh, winter league can someone look up his oh, stats how uh, many yeah. walks
2: uh it went back to normal thing i think he was walking like four percent of the time last time I checked. oh
1: oh well that's unfortunate I could spell so, yeah.
2: Dominican, which I somehow can't. What is wrong with me?
1: I guess we're not going to uh, be able to take anything and we're not going to glean any meaningful changes from Ronnie Mauricio's uh, four seven, walks and
2: 95 plate appearances.
1: Mm, nice.
0: Or point two. <laughs> All four walks were in, like, the first two games of the season.
2: Yeah, no. that's also <laughs> somehow even worse than his double aimer.
0: Well, He's I just mean, so frustrating. I mean, we could, I don't know if we're going to talk about Ronnie Mauricio, but.
1: like We could fill an entire podcast just complaining about how frustrating he is. Yeah. You just need to find a team who thinks they could fix him. Yeah, unfortunately, that team is probably not the Mets. But, you know, you never know. I mean, Ahmed Rosario was, I don't want to say in the same boat, but he did, you know, pop that one year, I think 2018. He had a really good second half. Yeah, 2017.
0: But he's, he's just Ahmed Rosario. like Yeah. Like that in Cleveland, too.
1: Yep, so hopefully next year will be a –
0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DDW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: All right. So this week, we're going to finish up our minor league uh, affiliate reviews. And this week, we're going to do the FCL Mets and the DSL Mets. And it's kind of our, our relationship with them is kind of complicated. Everyone that, that's listening, I'm sure most of you read the daily minor league farm reports. You know that we really don't give those teams any attention. We'll post like the FCL stats, but that's it. We don't we don't rap, rap, write recaps of the games. We don't particularly highlight any of the players rostered down there. We don't really do anything. And the DSL, we literally don't even post the stats. And just the fact of the matter is that good or bad, win or lose, whatever, like none of that really matters. Obviously, you know, it's great for the individual players, like, hey, great, you're playing on a winning team. Fosters high morale and camaraderie and whatever else. But at the end of the day, you know, those leagues are just for player development. And they are the rawest of the raw, especially in the Dominican Summer League where these kids are literal kids, you know, it's like sixteen year olds and seventeen year olds that yeah, recently- really hard. Though recently signed contracts as amateurs and their main experience in baseball is just like pickup games or working with their buscones or whatever so these guys are all super raw and playing against super raw competition and skill level can fluctuate wildly from a guy that just kind of barely belongs to guys that are clearly have physical gifts and, and tools and stuff that are heads and tails way bigger than everyone else's. So that's yeah, like, why. like there's top
0: prospects playing in these games. We just don't know it yet. And right. we won't know it until they're here. <laughs> yep. For the most part. Sometimes you'll you'll know earlier, but that's rare. Like for the most part it's kind of just a waiting game and with the DSL. Mm-hmm. Even in the complex, in, in a way, but the DSLs more specifically.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is Wild West, just because also we have less access to information, because it's in a whole different country. So, And also because, like I was saying, those guys are literally the rawest of the raw. At least with, like, the guys that are in the uh, Florida Complex League, most of them have kind of long track records, either in, like, high school, or, the you know, you'll get the occasional college guy that stops in for... You know, a, a third of a season, whatever, before getting I, promoted. I think that'll happen more with the late draft too. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like that, I mean, the college guys just ending their first year here because why would you do anything else? It's like fourteen games.
1: Mm-hmm. The the college I, season ends in June, like middle of June, middle to end of June, and then the draft is at the middle of end of July, so. It's basically players are getting like a month off college players. So a brief stop in the FCL to kind of get reacclimated to things to figure out, like, OK, this is what it's going to be like to be a professional. And then off you go. So anyway, um, who are some of the standouts for you guys? Um, more so, I guess, in the FCL, because... You know, like we were saying, the DSL is just, you know, I, gu- I guess in theory you could say, like, anyone is to stand on the DSL because you, you you guys know how prospect um, analysis, you know, can be. And, you know, this guy is the next Ken Griffey Jr. if he develops. This guy is the next Nolan Ryan if he develops. And, you know, that's that's a very wide range of... Uh, yeah, apps.
0: those are my favorite. <laughs> He's, he's Mickey Mantle mixed with Willie Mays. I'm like, bro, he's 14. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's literally God. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, if you get Juan Lagares, it's like a huge win. Mm-hmm. Or Flores or something.
2: Yep. At least in the complex, I think the obvious answer is Jacob Reimer.
0: Damn it. <laughs> ha! That was it, mine. <laughs>
2: it's scoop. No, it's a, it's a, I can come up with someone else real okay. quick. No, you do your Jacob fine. Reimer. Okay. I mean, Jacob Reimer was a prep bat that they took in this year's draft. He looks better than the prep bats they took before him. Uh, Nick Morabito does not look so good. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, Reimer is very much a prospect after my own heart, given his 20% walk rate. Now, that was only in seven games, but uh, seems to have a good eye at the plate positively Will Taffy in. Yeah, yeah, I think he has better tools than Will Toffee. Um, <laughs> Will Toffee did not have much in the tools department, unfortunately. So, uh, that's that's the most interesting one, and it's it's progress in terms of the type of prep bat they're taking, really, because they've taken a lot of bad preps, and they seem to have hit on one here. Hopefully. Yeah, He Hopefully. was the
0: guy, when they drafted, I remember people being like, ah, Nice. That's an interesting name. And then he performed in his first taste.
1: That's what we like to see. One uh, guy that, that...
2: Go ahead. Oops, sorry.
1: Was oh, yeah. One guy that kind of hasn't done that was a guy that they drafted 2019, Blaine McIntosh, who I really yeah. liked at the time. I think that more so than others, this recent crop of... Well, not recent, but I guess the 2019 class and and maybe also 2018. Like guys that were drafted out of high school those years really got impacted by um, COVID and not yeah. having an entire season at a really really important juncture in their careers. Because I mean McIntosh, like he's he's been in the system for a couple of years now. He's 21, but he's still like super raw, and he didn't perform bad. It's just like you're waiting for like the next him him to take the next step, and he kind of hasn't. You know, he, he's not like struggling or nothing really, but it's like one of those things. Like, okay, you expect like a, a prep player prep player, excuse me, to like okay start taking like you know tr- training wheels off at this point, and he's like still needs those training wheels. And without the context of missing a whole year in COVID, you, you you kind of like write a guy write a guy like him off, but then okay, now you have to say yeah, but he also did miss in the whole year with COVID and a kind of important year. So he's a guy that the you know jury's still out on. But I think uh, if we want
2: to have a DSL name in here, the uh, the answer is Jesus Baez more so than yes. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like uh, did I did I steal your name again, Thomas? No, mine
0: is Mine is um He is a. IFA guy but it's he was in the FCL
2: okay well that's that's good so like everyone's going to focus in on uh Simon Juan or uh Willie you're going to forgive my lack of Spanish knowledge here how do you pronounce the n with the Sanyas? Sanyas, thank you yes um both of those guys got the big money and I think they're generally fine DSL prospects but Baez was the one that was quite good and so some potential power upside out down there in the DSL. Definitely a less heralded signing. Um, um, both Baseball America and then last week Baseball Prospectus have been on him as well. So I think that's probably the DSL name to watch uh, from this past season.
1: Yep, there's there's a bunch of like you know like like we were saying there's a bunch of Wide range of outcome guys, and hopefully, most of them do become Willie Mays and God, but <laughs> and God, yes, and God <laughs> put together. But unfortunately, you know, unlikely to happen. But
0: so, my guy is uh, Vincent Perrozo, mm. and he is a lefty hitting 5'10, 230 pound catcher and first baseman. And the reason why I'm shouting him out is because he was at in the FCL last year at 18, he was bad. He hit 173, 349, 269, but then he repeated last year. And he hit 283, 387, 475 at 19. So, like, good for him. And that's that's the improvement you want to see, obviously. He, they pushed him a little bit, probably at 18, pushing him all the way to the FCL. And he paid for it. He was not good. But then he he learned from what that experience was. And was legitimately good and he played thirty six games for them. Like he was there most of the time and he was one of their steady players and obviously because in the FCL people bounce in and out and stuff. But then he got a late games. like it's more about him to the next level and stuff, and that's always nice to see. Also a lefty hitting catcher. So
2: ostadio mm-hmm. type probably... body there. Oh, <laughs> <I> absolutely.
1: <love. laughs> Listen.
0: He actually caught give. most of the. He he actually caught most of the time too. He only played six games at first base.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So and it's Scott's not like,
1: like he, 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 they think that he will be able to stay back there. So it's good.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just one of those things. It's it's nice to see. It's nice to see that progression. If you repeat a level. Mm-hmm. Um. Looking, looking at you, Jalen Palmer. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh. And, and also you, Chervia Newton.
1: Yes. <laughs> a little less on oh, but, yeah. oh, but still. Yeah, he's definitely a, a breakout guy. I, I mean, I don't really know. We don't have, like, we haven't done it yet, but I think he's probably going to be on top 25, mm-hmm. at least some of the top 25 lists. He probably sneaks in on mine. Hopefully he is not the, the next Andy Rodriguez in that the Mets trade him and he blossoms. Hopefully, though, he is the next Andy Rodriguez in that he blossoms. Period. No trades. Agreed. But I mean, this is this is kind of like the exact same mold as as that, you know, as as Andy Rodriguez. So it's it's so frustrating because the Mets clearly don't scout here yet
0: well in their own system. Like they clearly don't know who's good because no. they just let other teams choose. Sometimes I feel like yep, it's just like it's kind of they they'll give up interesting players and I think they gave up one. There was mm-hmm. a guy they gave up this year. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on what trade it was Naquin. And oh, so I was, that was like, one,
1: yeah. Yep. yeah, and I was
0: yep. like, why? Why why him? Like, why did you let that happen? I I you you gotta do the Naquin trade. You you have to. Travis Sankowski can't be happening. But also you could pick better. <laughs> Protect those
2: <laughs> and then they and then they did it worse a week later.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Not it's, what we'd like to see. It's just frustrating, and obviously that will get better with time. That's a will pun holdover thing, and we're still early in this cycle of getting all that stuff out of the system. But it's still here, unfortunately.
1: Very well represented, unfortunately. Um, I think there were three pitchers that stood out, and they are varying degrees of good. First guy is the aforementioned Jewelme Rodriguez, Ramirez, excuse me, who had, you know, won that um, ERA title and was the named FCL All-Star. And he had a pretty good season, obviously, very good ERA, um, 0.78 in 46.1 innings. He allowed 29 hits. He walked 10 and he struck out 43. The stuff, though, is OK. Um, not outstanding. Uh, he's six to 170, so I'll probably fill out a little bit more, and that should help the fastball because right now the fastball sits 88 to 94, averages 92, not bad but not great either, you know, especially in today's day and age. Spin rate is same thing, spin rate is about average, so he's a guy that I think is is able to just kind of dominate hitters at such a low level, but. At higher levels, when you have guys that are, are better hitters, a guy like him will struggle if he doesn't, you know, start taking the next steps. And with a fastball like that, uh, he does have a good changeup, and that's really it, though. So I mean, a two-pitch pitcher, like you, really need to start adding to your repertoire. A
0: special pitch.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not unfortunately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
1: another right-handed pitcher, Douglas Oriana. Um, same thing. Another international free agent he pitched with the fcl mets uh 36.1 innings he had a 396 era and he got promoted to saint lucie at the end of the year and was considerably worse um the thing though that really jumps out with with oriana is the walks in 36.1 innings with the fcl mets he walked 21 and then in six innings with saint lucie he walked seven and his mechanics are just not good. He has a really big head jerk. He really exaggeratedly falls off the mound, kinda like, like K-rod. Like that does not help the control. And the Mets did work with him a little bit. They changed his arm slot. He he when he was an amateur, he had a long arm slot. They changed it to short arming it. And that did help a little bit as compared to like his numbers last year. But you know, when you when you improve something from really bad to just plain bad, it's still bad, you know. This stuff, though, is intriguing, and if he could work on the control, maybe you can get an uh, interesting reliever out of him. He has a two-pitch repertoire right now, so fastball, curveball. Fastball sits 93 to 97, and it has well above average spin rates, and it has like natural cutting action, kind of like Tyler Glass now's fastball, even though it's a four-seamer, it kind of cuts. But then his other pitch, a curveball, is just kind like of like run-of-the-mill, so another guy that you can dominate players at, at lower low such a low level but when you start moving up the ladder like you really need to improve dude especially with that control and the last of the three and the best and one that on the surface I, I kind of was just like yeah like he posted interesting numbers but they're just numbers they don't matter but then when I started digging deeper and I was looking to see okay what kind of stuff does this guy throw blah 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 I I I think he's a guy, is Lionel Ovias, and he's an IFA. The Mets signed at the end of November, so he was you know, kind of late for that 2019-2020 2000, uh, class, and then obviously he didn't play in 2020 because of COVID. So he was in the DSL last year, or 2021, excuse me. He posted good numbers, and then he was in the FCL this year from June to August, and then he finished the season with St. Lucie. And he had a combined 405 ERA, which is all right. In 46.2 innings, he allowed 41 hits. He walked 17, and he struck out 66. And he was considerably better in the FCL than St. Lucie, which is not a great sign. But he was younger than average. A couple of years, actually. 13, excuse me, (laughs) three years younger than average. So, but... He's, you know, well-built, so that's good. And he has a very advanced repertoire for a pitcher. And some of those pitchers are actually downright, like, really good. Um, his fastball averaged 94, and it had a, a very high spin rate for a four-seam fastball. It had uh, 2,535 RPM, which is about 200 RPM over the uh, major league average for a fastball. So you have good velocity, you have good spin, you get a lot of spins and misses, um, he has a changeup, a curveball, occasionally throws a slider. Changeup is really good pitch, especially against left-handed hitters, a lot of swings and misses. Curveball, it's kind of like a, a get-me-over pitch, but it also gets a lot of swings and misses, too. And then the slider, I don't know, he kind of needs to figure out how to throw it better because looking at the stat guest data, he basically only throws it down. And to his arm side. So against right-handed hitters, like, yeah, it's down and away. But to left-handed hitters, that's literally down and in. And, you know, that's where left-handed hitters, like, pitch it is down and in. Because they can really uh, reach down and, and get it. So he's a guy that I think has a lot of potential. And if the Mets can develop that, then he might be, like, the next, like, Jose... I mean, Joel Diaz or someone, you know, but we'll see. But I have I have faith. Do I have faith? I don't know. Uh, When do we ever have faith in the Mets? Yeah, I know. What even is faith? (sighs) Sucks. Well, is there anyone else we want to bring up DSL or FCL? Just yeah, checking I feel like, my notes real quick. I think
2: that's. Everyone. I feel like we got everybody.
1: Yeah, I feel like that is the, the clear cream of the crop here. I mean, again, though, in the DSL, there are you—you you could name like half the team is like this guy has this one really good tool, this mm-hmm. guy has this one really good pitch. But you know, uh, a lot of good like one pitch is going to do you. A lot of good being really fast is going to do you. You know, unless you're Terence
0: has anyone ever heard of a prospect named Kevin Parada? I, I don't know. He, he might be a big deal. Kevin Parada.
1: Hmm.
2: <laughs> okay, I was very confused because I, so. I heard Kevin Parada. Like, <laughs> is this some IFA guy I missed or something? Like, oh, okay. I can't wait
0: for the Parada giveaway night at City. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be dope as hell.
1: I feel like there might be some lawsuit liability.
0: It's just in one of those little plastic bags like you get at the fair when you win a goldfish
1: <laughs> They have uh they replaced
2: the uh that, did they still have that fish tank behind uh, home plate in Miami?
0: No, they took it away. They did? I'm
2: I, Yeah, they took everything fun <laughs> yeah. out of the ballpark. Well, if they did have a player named Kevin Piranha, they should totally replace all the fish in that or tub down. with piranhas and
0: pretty sure it's on now. <sighs> <laughs> like, no, look, if the, Kevin... the
2: statue the statue was an abomination don't get me wrong and the color scheme was a little bit glaring but fun and, and they just now that ballpark's just the soulless corporate hellscape
1: yeah you know, that's the thing about it it's just like at least it was personality if Kevin something. Piranha makes it then they have to reinstall that kind of stuff so <laughs> and I'm really rooting for Kevin Piranha now.
2: <laughs> now now what position does Kevin Piranha play
1: hmm Whatever position he wants, really. I want to go with
2: like punchless utility infielder type, but.
0: (laughs) Just all defense Mm. and speed.
2: Yep, 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 yep. He's got a ferocious attack at the plate. Mm. Uh, I'll workshop it. I'll come back with something better.
1: Okay. All right, well. You have a week. That's your homework. Uh huh. All right, if anyone has any. Uh, questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from ComplexToQueens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at 343 Ken is at Ken1191. Thomas is at ZedMetSeasonSZN. Subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, rate and review. And, of course, we thank you for listening. And we will be back next week. So until then... Love the Mets, love the Mets.